I'm Stephen Jack Bissala. And I'm Jill DeWitt, and this is The Land Academy Show. This is episode number 1,974. Today, we are talking about buying land in your backyard. Super, super good idea for a bunch of reasons. And a little bit later, Jill's going to talk about the perfect mailer response from sellers. We send out all this mail. How many people call back and say, yeah, sure, I'm going to buy it. How many Mm -hmm. people call back and say, go pound sand and on and on and on and what to really, from a reality standpoint, expect, according to Joe. Got it. And this came up because of what you're seeing in Discord more? No, or just, just be, career uh, path stuff? This is career path. So Jill oh. and I are now in the very beginning of instructing um, career path, I guess, is closed, right? Seven and eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're instructing the uh, the eighth career path, um, about 20 people, actually. And it's it's re- very, very interesting where pe- from to, to, to really see in a, a real amount of serious depth and detail mm-hmm. where people are in their careers. We have people in there that send three or 400,000 mailers out and uh, we have people that are just starting their career out and mm-hmm. so when you get them all in one uh, kind of zoom room together it's it's um, you can see it, it's a out my way personally of keeping my pulse in a great way on what's happening out there i feel like i feel like career starts like this we have this and this and at the end <laughs> you know what i mean we all kind of come together at the same point yeah at the end does that make sense yeah. like you might be you might start career path thinking you know wow ooh, spending ten thousand dollars on a property for me is a lot you want me to spend a hundred thousand dollars on a property and then the end of career path you're like i just got this back it's one hundred fifty thousand dollars. let's do it you're like and you and i and it's funny because i can say do you hear what you just said you're like yep now i'm now i'm very comfortable dealing with those numbers it so. removes a lot of inhibitions and concerns because mm-hmm. when you when you co-mingle people who've been doing this really successfully with mm-hmm. brand new people the new people we have a, a couple in career path right now that are fantastic at locating deals well that's not like and they're so, new it's just a different dollar amount different property type and and things like that too yeah. each week on the show we answer yeah. questions from our land academy member discord forum review land acquisitions from our weekly member webinars and take a deep dive into two land related topics by popular request if you want a sneak peek of our discord forum go to landacademy.com it's free or, by the way, too, if you would like us to answer your question or need some help getting involved in our community, simply send us a note to support at landacademy.com. All right, Greg wrote, my friend is looking at buying some land. I have to, I have to press preface this question. Okay. I kind of put this in here to to get Jill's juices going. Oh. Because it's uh, it sounds it it's looks a like topic. I already got your juices going this morning. Now is it my turn? It's a topic right. that's near and dear to both of our hearts. All right. Okay. So Greg wrote, my friend is looking at buying some land on Zillow. Um, the seller has a realtor. Got it. Anyone have success in buying from a realtor, but not being represented by a realtor? I have some funny things to share about this. I know, I'm sure um, you do. Well, no, so just some new information too. Do you ask for half of the realtor fee uh, um, to go to the buyer, or you just reduce the price by that fee? I can't say I've ever bought anything from a realtor without doing the dual agency. Okay. So let me back up and paint the picture. In traditional real estate deals, um, well, I don't want to call it traditional. <laughs> we'll just say, because it's not traditional for me. Yeah, wait. There he goes. I'm going to wait till the end for, okay. my, for my comment. All right. 
in many real estate transactions, person owns house, person calls realtor. Realtor says, sure, I'll take the listing. It's gonna be 6%. Now, whether or not someone comes up to buy it that has a realtor or not, then we'll decide if I share that 6%. So if someone comes up to buy the house, and so now we have la 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 houses on the market, this other person wants to buy the house, they have a realtor. Well, guess what? That 6% commission that the seller has agreed to pay will be split now, traditionally, between the seller's agent and the buyer's agent. So the question here Greg is asking, like, well, hang on a moment. So my friend, this all makes sense. This is what you're saying, Greg, makes so much sense. But to a real estate agent, they can't get this and they don't think it's right. They see 6%. If I'm going to share it, I'm only sharing it with another realtor or I'm not sharing it at all. Let me, let me interject this because it'll reframe how we take this question from here. Okay. The way that real estate deals are done with real estate agents, and that's the vast majority of real estate uh, deals, is the culmination of 50 plus years of organic sure. contractual horror. It's uh, add a paragraph here to protect this. Oh my God, somebody got sued over here. Let's add it. And it's a state mandated thing. Each state's different. So the contract in California might be a quarter inch thick. The one in Arizona might be an eighth of an inch thick. And in New York state, it might be two inches thick. Those, what That's I just said good. is not further, not too far from the truth actually. <laughs> and so what, what, you're act what you're asking to do is customize this 50 plus year old tradition. And real estate agents, all they know is that they're going to get a check at the end, mm -hmm. and it's going to be for you know six percent, three percent, or or one and a half percent. I won't go into that now. Mm -hmm. And so, the person who has this land signed a listing agreement, and now you're in it. Now they are you're you are in it. They're as a buyer, they're in it, and you don't even know you're in it. So I love what you just said. What you're trying to do is eliminate half the fee, which makes mm -hmm. complete sense to investors like up this us. This mm -hmm. people in Land Academy and land investors in general don't realize that they're kind of part of an elite group. We understand this stuff. Real estate agents don't understand this. I love this thought. Well, why can't the three percent that's going to be split anyway just be taken off the price of the property or go to the buyer because the buyer's not using a realtor? You know, Greg, that makes great sense. And I'm sorry, that's not how they think. <laughs> and it's not going to happen. No, nope. I'm telling you right nope. now. First of all, they're going to be confused as hell at what you're even asking. Yeah. Because if they've done any deals at all. Uh, I have to tell you, my sister in northern Michigan is a very successful real estate agent, and she has said m multiple times after all of us having a couple of cocktails together, I would never represent you guys. Mm -hmm. I would ne You would never be m my customer. Yeah. Uh, and it's just because we pull stuff like this. Yeah. We have multiple real life experiences being involved in this and having Jill and I tr say, look, we've done 16,000 deals. We're not licensed real estate agents, and this is how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. And to which they uh it, it makes their head spin they don't know how to do the paperwork they try to take it back to their broker their broker probably yeah. doesn't know how to do their paperwork and all they're really trying to do is be a a, mm -hmm. a lap dog to their broker which i don't understand because they're actually representing you should be dual representation means they represent both the buyer and the seller what the hell is that right that's exactly what this is going to end up being. So if your friend comes to this person without a realtor to buy a property for whatever reason they want to do it this way, 
I would not recommend because Greg, you know how to do it right. So um, the all that's going to happen is poor sweet seller is going to pay six percent to somebody, and it's going to be a hundred percent to their person. So and your person is going to have no representation, but there's themselves, and they're going to be fighting with that other person who, quote unquote, is dual representing anyone, everyone. Which, by the way. That's a whole separate thing. So when we're done with this question, I want to bring up a, a case study. And I <laughs> I apologize. I don't have the article in my hand, but trust me, I'll have it in my hand today for the member call because I wanted to share this today anyway. So are you done with this? Yeah. Okay. So there's a large um, real estate company. I can't, I don't know the name of it. It's like, it's like a, an organization that owns Homevestors or whatever like that, mm -hmm. right? So there is a lawsuit that's been going on and they just settled out of court and paid a hefty sum of money to make this go away where they were being sued on this exact situation where, huh, wait a minute, seller is paying a commission to a, their agent and my agent. So my agent's getting a kickback from the seller. They're representing me. That seems like a conflict of interest. How should this person be getting paid by the seller? It almost makes you think that my agent's gonna push this deal through too, because they're getting money and they're getting compensated Thank God. by the seller. So everybody's, there's a whole big thing going on about this right now. And I have this great article that I read and I, I printed it out and I, like I said, I'll share it. I love this job, I didn't know thing. That. It's really cool. So and they paid a hefty sum of money just to make it all go away. So the point is this might eventually, there's a chance this could go away. And there, cause there's a chance that, um, the commission, half commission, which is what I think how it should be. Half of the commission should be paid by the seller because that's the agent using, helping them. And then if I choose an agent, great. I pay them a, a commission and it's not wire, it's not crossed. It's, I mean, imagine this. Because they work for me. Imagine how many times in movies have you seen courtroom scenes where there's a lawyer representing the defendant and a lawyer representing the plaintiff. Mm -hmm. Imagine if the lawyers didn't sit next to those two people anymore. Right. They sat in the center and they both shook hands and yeah. said, we're going to represent equally. We're going to represent yeah. both of these sides. So I'm not representing this guy anymore. I'm representing both of them. And the other lawyer says, yeah, me too. I'm going to represent both. Well, of the them. other lawyer goes away. We only have one even. And then so yeah. now using the word representing is not even correct. There's no representation at all. Yeah. It's just one or two people trying to get money out of a real get in the way to get a fee in a real estate transaction uh -huh. that a seller a seller's trying to sell. Yeah. It's yeah, uh it's it's absurd that what what this has uh, turned into and I blame it all on the National Association of Realtors because the real estate agents themselves are stuck by getting a re real estate license, passing the test, getting a real estate license and hanging it on the wall. Mm -hmm. They're stuck with these rules. We are not. We are mm -hmm. investors. We're not licensed. We don't have to play by those rules at all, at all. Mm -hmm. If I sell a piece of property to Jill without any real estate agents involved, which I would highly recommend, which is what we do all the time, Mm -hmm. And I go get an escrow agent and and that escrow agent closes the deal. We can do a contract on the back of a napkin. I agree to sell it for 60000 She agrees to buy it for $60,000. Uh, we are going to pay all cash and the deal needs to close by October 31st. Mm -hmm. That's the extent of the contract. And that's the way it's been done forever until the National Association of Realtors got involved around the, uh, the 40s or 50s, I think. 
and it's just it's uh, nothing short of an outrage the amount of money that exchanges hands needlessly mm-hmm. to the point where we've all been brainwashed not us and not people in land academy but the, the entire public has been brainwashed into thinking that you need a real estate agent to legally sell your house which is yeah. absolutely untrue you don't need that at all Makes me mad when you're watching. I love your your um, judge, you know, and the two lawyers. That's a good way of looking at. It. I look at it like, you know, what what is happens often is like, you know, you have a defendant and a plaintiff and one and one attorney going, oh, I'll help you and I'll help you. That's just not possible. <laughs> That's not it's possible. Not representation at all. Exactly. So it's yeah, not, not a correct use of the word. Uh uh, not at so, all. So Greg. Let us know how it goes because yeah. uh, whatever you deconstructing think, it's not going to work. <laughs> deconstructing that contract is yeah, that's not going to. Yeah, please, please let me go when you try to explain to real estate agent du jour about hey, this is not right. You shouldn't get six percent anyway. You you should get three percent because here's the reasoning. I'll end it on this for me because look. If I bring an agent, if I bring my brother-in-law in right now on the tail end of this deal and sign an agreement with him, you're gonna get, you're not gonna get six percent. You're gonna get three percent. Period. And mm-hmm. no one's gonna argue. And he's gonna get three percent. Period. So how about I don't call my brother-in-law right now and you just reduce it three percent and give sense. it back to the seller or split it between the buyer and the seller. Or That's really what makes sense. Reduce the price. Not gonna Something. happen. Nope. No one will. Because the be like, seller what? signed a listing agreement. What? Huh? That's correct, Joe. It's like it's the right thing to do. What? So let me be understand. super clear. We send out ten thousand letters. A bunch of people call back. Uh, we buy a two, one or two or three properties without any type of real estate agent, without signing any contract except a purchase and a sale agreement. And we don't have to put up with all this this mess. Oh my gosh! Yes. We're not subject to any of this. The only way we would be subject to any of this is if the seller themselves yep. was actually a licensed real estate agent. And even then, because no contract was signed, they could just, all they were required to do is disclose that they're a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. It might be against what they signed with their real estate broker, but that's up to them. That has nothing to do with us. Land Academy, did, uh, I didn't design this overnight. Mm-hmm. I, I designed Land Academy and what we're talking about out of frustration for things like this, mm-hmm. where it's like, this doesn't have to be this way. And so on we went to do 16,000 plus deals and we do deals uh, you know every week. Mm-hmm. Joe's transaction coordinator, I just heard open 10 escrows this week. On Monday. Yeah, on Monday. You know, you're right. That's This is the beauty of Land Academy. I can't tell you how many times that when I'm talking to a seller and they're like, there's no agent. I'm like, no, no. Mm-mm. Whatever deal you and I cut, you and I, this, that's the deal. And the money that you and I talk about, you know, whatever we agree on, that's what's going to be on your check. They're like, wow, Jill, you're awesome. Let's do this. There you go. There's no agent and there's no lender in and any of our no deals. Funny business. Which translates to the seller getting a check you sometimes that week yeah. or maybe the next week. Yeah. In most states. Yeah, if you're not getting your escrows done in 14 days or less right now in this climate, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Call Land Academy. I knew they would that topic got both of us heated. <laughs> yeah. We do and I've been dealing with this for years, for decades. So mad. Real estate agents getting in the way of a deal that we created. Yeah. Today's first topic is called buying land in your backyard. This came up in uh, Career Paths and, you know, the la- most recent Career Path session we had. 
we asked everybody to go around the room, kind of explain who they are, uh, where they come from, what their real job was or is, and you know why they're there and what they expect out of career path and land investing in general. And one person said, you know, I'm, I'm here. I've done very, very well in the county where I live and for, for several years. And I think it's time for me to kind of expand, uh, make my, uh, my, my goals a little bit more broad from a geography standpoint and a financial standpoint. And so that's why I'm here. And for the next eight weeks, I want to learn this. I will learn how to do stuff in a different state, different county, uh, to which I almost immediately said, why? If you're smashing it and you're in this county and you keep and now you've got escrow agents that work for you on a first name basis and, you know, everybody at the county and all of that, I'm not discouraging you in any way from expanding because I think you should. And by the end of the eight weeks, uh, you really will. But it sparked a interested because there's a couple of counties that Jill and I do business in over and over and over again. We add counties. Mm-hmm. We add states mm-hmm. all the time, actually. But, geez, there's these watering holes that we keep going back to that just keep uh, providing fruit. So, oh, how's that for mixing up two cliches? Providing fruit from a watering hole is not possible. <laughs> you know what? I zoned out way before that. So don't worry. I, I was already confused. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen. I'm sure I had this like like fog like on my face. I love when people Look. do deals in their backyard. I'm kind of a backyard yeah. deal person too, in addition to, you know, going fishing uh, in other waters. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that, you know, there was one guy that we had in career path a lot of years, a couple of years ago that he was even, it was even more micro than that. He's only ever done deals in one subdivision and he keeps just doing deal after deal after deal in one subdivision. And we had one guy uh, from Texas that same thing. He bought, did a ton of land deals, and now he's just doing mobile home deals. You know, yeah. it works until it doesn't. <laughs> That's the whole thing. So, I, but I just think it's a different mentality. Then we've got, you know, the, the I call it the private equity mentality. None of these are wrong, by the way. Whatever makes money, makes money. There's just, my point is, there's a lot of ways to go about this, buying and selling land. The private equity mentality is, I don't really have to learn anything or know anything. I just need to uh, throw a ton of money at it and an expert. I need an expert and endless supplies of money. And I can pretty much get anything done. And that way works too. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of it. I think you'd make a big, huge mess and, and lead a, a, okay. leave a trail of blood and tears behind you. But that can work. Mm-hmm. But I love the, the back home, you know, uh, Jill and I spent three or four months driving around in an RV analyze this summer, analyzing real estate, little tiny real estate markets like Jackson, Wyoming and Northern Michigan and places that we've all heard of mm-hmm. that are, are, you know, international Montana. destinations for, for, um, you know, skiing, sometimes skiing in the winter and then summer stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I, that backyard mentality where you get to know everybody everybody gets to know you reputation matters you put your money where your mouth is and all of that stuff is really really intriguing and can be for the right person really profitable what? that type of personality i'll just end on this job that type of personality can then go do that private equity model pretty effectively but it's hard to do the reverse if you've got that big picture send out a billion letters uh let's just see what flushes back in you know it's going to be hard for you to to go into a to a 
backyard situation and, and have some personality and get some deals done. The beautiful thing too is once you're like in a county and you're used to that county, most of the people that you're working with, um, not the county representatives, but your escrow people, um, they can do the whole state. And some of them can do a lot of neighboring states, which is great too. That's an advantage. That, I would look at that when I'm picking a title slash escrow. I use it interchangeably. Um, person, like what all can you do? Where, what, what states can you cover for deals? Just so I know. Good to have. Um, I, I think back to, it, it depends to the, how big the county is. A couple years ago, you know, you may have been listening, you know, there was, we were working with a specific group of buyers and, and really going hard for this LA County stuff. And I came to him one day and I said, you know what? We have barely scratched the surface. We've spent six months doing these deals and finding these things. I'm like, and there's so much, like there's some counties that are just huge. It's endless. Like I could end my career doing deals in LA County, period. That's it. Because at that time we were looking for multifamily kind of things. It was stuff that was rezoned from the, you know, R1 to like R4 kind of thing. You can went from having one unit per property to you could have up to four per property. And not everybody knew that kind of thing. So we're looking at those because the buyers wanted to, you know, scrape the one and put four townhouses on it kind of thing. So that's one little teeny, teeny, teeny thing. I mean, we didn't get into the, we didn't even get into the land part over there or the other commercial possibilities or the other sizes and things. So it's kind of, so, so buying land in your own backyard to me is good if you've got plentiful um, property types and uses and things that you could just be happy for a while. But I do always agree too that unless you're sitting in and, you know, you know, here's a here's a perfect example. I bet all of us thought at one that San Francisco would never not be the hot place to be. You know what I mean? San Francisco for decades was growing, growing, Forever. growing. No one was leaving, growing. You want to yeah. be in San Francisco. You want a real estate in San Francisco. Not now. So yeah. so your little backyard could someday change. So you always want to I, I always feel better when we're trying new areas. I have other things going out there, other bucket types, other projects property types. I sleep so well because I'm not focused on one product, mm-hmm. one size, one county. I'm, I've always got a couple things. When you really deconstruct why people want to sell their land, mm-hmm. it's always, almost always for some life reason. Uh, they're just tired of it. Um, geez, all kinds of life things can happen that that where they could use some extra money or maybe they're just done with it. And so mm-hmm. you can send, if you, if you live in a county with eight or 9,000 property, eligible properties, let's say that work for what we're trying to do, and you send the letter out to everybody, well, one month they may not have some life event, but the next month they might. Yep. And so now you start to think about the letters that you're sending to 9,000 people, some of them stick them in the refrigerator, some of them put them in a file. Uh, some of the people have, are, have inherited the property, they're just not ready to sell it yet. They haven't received the tax bill yet in the mail. They get the tax bill, they go back to the refrigerator, they go back to that file and say, you know what, I'd rather just get a check for 20,000 bucks instead of pay this $1,000 tax bill this year. And so when you keep um, 
keep yourself involved in the minds of a landowner over years and they know you as a reputable person, you might even go so far as to do commercials on television about buying and selling land, um, their land. That that's really, really powerful. You are a brand now in that community or maybe maybe it's just let's say it's two or three counties in that area and you can really buy some serious property mm-hmm. and really do well. I'm not saying uh, San Francisco may or may not work. You know, you could then you're going to exp- it'll create more business models for you. You're going to get a call at some point that somebody owns two or three pieces of property and, and a mobile home and you're going to buy it all. And then you're going to say, well, buying and selling mobile homes is another. That's something right. else I can do. Mm-hmm. Or they have a shack in the woods and right. then you do buy that and, and turn it and do really well. Now that's a new business. Pretty soon. You know everybody and you're buying everything and selling everything. Mm-hmm. You're taking these 10 acres and, and now you're doing minor splits. Love the backyard model. Dream it up. Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. Yavapai County, he's got 14, looks like lots in some subdivision. I can't wait to see where this is. You probably own some up there too. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet. Owners responded to Miller. We sent nine months ago for one of his lots. He would like $60,000 for all 14. We need some guidance. They seem to range between one and two acres. So we have access. We know you have a lot of experience in this area. Our gut tells us that you would say 60000 is too much. However, comps in this area do range around 9000 per parcel. There are some buildings and structures in the area mm. it's a couple hours in the grand canyon close to flag everybody's alive no hoa we just did a deal in coconino that went really well yeah. okay good go on land watch somebody in here is selling some on land watch see what they're selling for are they selling for three and four thousand dollars and you need to buy all 14 for one then you would buy all of them for fourteen thousand dollars you like each one for a thousand bucks and then it can be done and then you could sell them for two or three or five or five that's the kind of deal this is and mm-hmm. that's it Jill, yeah. Jill, thank you for cutting to the chase sure <laughs> we've done a lot of deals like this where we we've done a lot of deals like this just exactly like that where we've gone in and said i'm sorry but all we're willing to pay is a thousand mm-hmm. which really almost equates to nothing and then you get stuck with that it. it's like I mean, I'll, I'll sell these mm-hmm. and you'll package them up mm-hmm. and sell them all for 60 or some number like that click on the other parcel see if it's the same document number then you know he paid nine grand for all of them and now you go well i'm not going to pay 60. you know yeah this is way way too much um he, look how weird this is and he bought it in 06 recorded in 08. six was the high light of real estate in yeah. arizona 2006. these kinds of deals can be really profitable they just need to be so cheap that it spins your head around yep see these houses. but i would do that if i could get them for a grand each then I'm selling them for three, four, five each. Sure, I do that. So would I all day. No problem. Yeah. You just don't want to be in a market like this. Yeah. You don't want to spend sixty thousand dollars and then you're going to be selling these forever. Right. You only want to be in a market like this when you deliberately go in looking for it. Because remember, remember, Brandon talks about this a lot. Brandon loves to talk about. Hold on, everybody. I got my feet wet on these kind of properties and did really well until and then I transitioned. So. Yeah. There's nothing wrong, Peter, for with starting something like this. Just, just you know exactly what you're doing. Do you want to know more about Land Academy? You want to get into what we're talking about? Check it out. Go to landacademy.com. 
go down, scroll down, schedule a call. You will talk to my team or me. You never know who might be calling you back sometimes. And then also, just so you know, you can get a one-time invite to be a fly on the wall in our weekly member call. I haven't brought that up in a while. So every Thursday, we get together with all our Land Academy members. And if you want to be a fly on the wall, get invited, see the deals that we're doing, see the discussions, and just kind of get to know us a little bit better, um, go to landacademy.com or send a note to support at landacademy.com. Let's take another question posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. Again, if you want a sneak peek, go to landacademy.com. It's free. Okay, Chris wrote... Uh, what's a seller? Okay, thank you. <laughs> a seller would like to split an odd-shaped parcel and sell me one side of it and then retain the other. It is in... A state. A state. Okay, that's what that is. And requires an administrative review for $250 and a survey. How would you guys handle this? I can do the work and pay for it all. He will have to sign off. And then negotiate the price down to accommodate the cost of the survey slash admin re review and my time. Well, my first choice is the seller pays for this stuff up front and then maybe maybe we split the cost or whatever it is in my offer price, whatever we want to negotiate at the back end. My first thing is I'm not a fan because things can go wrong of you prepaying for this person to have this stuff done should he change his mind after the fact. So please really digest this, what the what this person's really asking right. or what they're really getting at the root of this question is the following. Who and what do you wanna do for the rest of your life? Yeah. I know what I wanna do and what I've been doing and I'm pretty successful at it and so is Jill, is buying a piece of land and selling it for more really quickly. Think about buying a house and renovating it yourself, which a lot of people have done and now they're Land Academy members. You need to be- Because they don't do it good anymore. At budget, <laughs> good at budgets, mm -hmm. maybe a little like plum, plumbing on the side, maybe a little finished carpentry. Oh, you can't on travel. And on and you on be and around. on. <laughs> so you need, to be, you need to be good at a lot of stuff or good at scheduling contractors and then yelling at them and then paying them and on. There's an endless up. number of job descriptions that you have. At Land Academy, I have given myself one job description and that's to locate property that's undervalued. So what's happening here in this question is, okay, I've done that. And now I've established a relationship with the seller. Okay, good. But the seller wants me to do stuff now. Well, let's split this and, and believe me, he doesn't want the worst half of the property. I was just gonna he say wants that. the best half. Yep. So he wants to stick you with the property. And, and now I've got to start talking to uh, the county and, and surveyors and it's a year and a half down the road and the deal's not done and I spent all this time when I could have been just doing that one thing I'm supposed to do that I've proven already that I'm good at, finding an undervalued real estate deal. So I would do not recommend ever improving your property that requires you from leaving your desk ever. In fact, I don't think you should be improving property at all in the beginning of your career. The correct answer, Chris, is, is awesome. Call me when it's done. I'll see if I want the other piece that you have and let me know, you know what your price is. You're buying an APN, an yeah. assessor's parcel number, in as is and where is condition. 
Look, please look at that deal. Look at the APN, look at the property in its current condition. If it's 20 or 30% of what you know you can sell it for two weeks from now, do the deal. If it's not, send another mailer out. Yeah. Because that's or what we do. Or open the next envelope. Not, um, yeah. oh, the seller's got, you know, that's houses. Mm -hmm. That's what goes on with houses. Every house deal Jill and I have ever done, we're run, we have someone who works for us run around and help the seller do yeah. whatever they need to do because we're solving some kind of strange problem. There might be a, might may have been a death in the family. There may be a hole in the roof. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the basement. There, but that doesn't happen with land, which is why we're, we buy and sell land. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself what business you want to be in, what your role you're assigning yourself in your life. And I bet it's not to do um, splits. Because here's the, here's the end result, Chris. You help this guy, however you work it all out, there's going to be six, 60 days, maybe maybe six months, anywhere from 60 days to six months, depending how long this takes, of your time babysitting and helping this, and how much are you going to make? That's my, That would be the first question I would ask you, how much is it worth? Because if it's like, oh, because then I can buy this for 10000 and sell it for 100000 yeah. all right. No, I might be okay. I might be interested. But if it's a buy for ten, sell for twenty five and we're all done, yep. you nope, move on. Your time is worth more than this. You could do another deal that's not this difficult. Do th ten deals in the time of this one. Here's a problem with all of us, mm -hmm. starting with me. <laughs> we've <Sorry>. accumulated <laughs> all this knowledge, and we'll call it knowledge, but we've yeah. we've accumulated all these real estate stories. Mm -hmm. And like gambling stories, you only hear the good ones, not the bad ones. True. And so you, we've all heard about, oh my gosh, this guy's brother, uh, 22 years ago over on Baseline Road, bought this piece of property for 10,000 bucks, cut it all up and uh, sold it off. He made $22 million. Well, I'm going to join Land Academy and split up some property. Mm -hmm. And so now we have to undo that because that's a beautiful story. Half of it's true, maybe. Maybe none of it's true. I don't know. We have to undo all of that, deconstruct it all, and find out how you get that, how to buy that property for 10,000 bucks anyway. Mm -hmm. That's what we're here to do. Not split it, not work, be a landman. Mm -hmm. Jill and I were, we had the unfortunate event of. Uh, parking our RV next to somebody, a woman, who a retired woman who called oh. herself a landman. Oh, I forgot about that. And explained it to Jill and I for a couple days straight how to buy and sell land. Yes, that was funny. And that all of it was true if it were 1968. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Give yourself one great role, be great at it. Smash it, find undervalued property, and reach out to other people in the group. If you don't have the money, they'll come out of the woodwork to fund you and just sell it for more. Yep. Or move on. I wouldn't I wouldn't touch this deal. Today's second topic is called the perfect mailer response from sellers. I can so, start us off. Yeah, yeah, because this even though Jackie lovingly said this is for Jill, <laughs> he had a, he had he has something in his head. You had a you have a plan for this and how how you want this to be explained so i'm gonna have you set it up and then ask me questions please again this is a this topic comes from talking to speaking with in a two-way very two-way conversation the people in career path right now and the people in career path are this is they're there because this is they're going to do this for the rest of their lives they're at some are have are smashing it and mm -hmm. some are brand new but they uh there seems to be uh surprise Let's call it that. 
about mailer responses, even for people that are have been doing this for a long time. So here's what happens when you send out a mailer. And I, I, I can tell you with extreme confidence, this comes from other group, other land uh, investment groups out there that have very, very little experience. They're, they're, they're a pretty face talking about buying and selling land and how it's a great, I'm going to air quotes this, uh, side hustle. This is not a side hustle. This is a career. Wait, wait. A, a wealthy, wealthy way, a way to make a tremendous amount of wealth for yourself. But I've not done, on the side. I've done 25 deals. You don't think I'm qualified to share <laughs> no, this? No. Here's what happens when you send mail out. And this is what's supposed to happen. And it, and it's, it exudes some shock and awe. You send out 20,000 letters, 10,000 letters, or some number like that after you've done all the research on where to send mail. And, and you can pretty much predict the numbers that are going to come back and what properties are worth and all of that. We scientifically make data-driven decisions, and we've chosen these four or 10 zip codes. You send out a bunch of mail. It's priced relatively correctly. And the, you look at your watch, two weeks go by, and you get that first call. And the first call is from somebody who says, I'm going to hunt you down and kill you. <laughs> Because your property, you're you're trying to lowball me, and you're and then they call you a bunch of names, and you kind of laugh and say, you know what? I clearly made a mistake. I clearly, uh, you know something about this property I don't, and so if you're interested in selling it, we can talk about adjusting the price. Uh, if not, I totally understand. And so they're going to respond to that, or they're going to say, <clears throat> go pound sand. See you later. The next call might be the same. The next call might be the same. 13 calls might be like that. And then you're going to start to, on about the third week, get a call that goes something like, we've been thinking about selling this property. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talked to my husband about it or I talked to my wife about it. We've owned this thing for 32 years. We're, we're on to different stuff. Our grandchildren live in Florida. and uh, We're not I'm, building a cabin I'm, there anymore. I would like to do an easy transaction like you described mm-hmm. in your letter. And we're not tr- interested in getting a retail price for it. However, the price that you, uh, you you did put in the letter is probably on the low side. So if we can get together on a price, uh, I think maybe we can put something together. And then you're going to get a couple calls like that. You know, and if you respond the way Jill does, you're going to they're going to you're going to turn them into deals if you want to do the deal, mm-hmm. if it passes all your due diligence tests. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the cycle, you're probably going to get a couple of calls, maybe one call that says your timing's perfect. What, what's the next step? Should I just sign this and send it back to you? Can I take a picture of it on my phone and send it to you or, or what, how do we do this? That is the regular mailer response that generally happens Mm -hmm. if you've done all those steps correctly all the research on where to send mail uh and price it correctly and you're set up to take the calls and you're mentally ready you're mentally ready to not get worn down by the 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 first slew of calls Mm -hmm. that can be um disturbing i personally think that's fun i i find those people to be a huge source of humor. I have my entire career. I grew up in Detroit, so I got pretty thick skin anyway. And and so and the fact is, so, so did Jill for whatever reason. We've always gotten along about this, mm-hmm. and she'll turn those people into sellers pretty quickly. Yeah, that's, so that's what goes on. That's the norm. I don't know where people think that 
this is all peaches and cream and um it's just a, a your own personal atm yeah where, what makes you think that Oh, because multiple people have. It, it, I watched it in Discord, and I'm I'm seeing oh. it now. Discord, I understand, because uh, you know, Land Academy has its own Discord, and there's all walks of life in there. Right. Career path's a little different, and I heard two two or three people t- uh, last week talk about that. Well, I don't. I'm just not getting the response that I want. Oh. Oh, please describe it. Then they describe what I just said, and they they they're not. They're they're like this isn't this is not the response I want. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So they're getting they're getting what we just described which is true and, and they're missing it they think everybody's going to call back and say i love you yeah marry me and i'll mm-hmm. i will absolutely sell you that for three dollars yep okay and <laughs> thanks for calling and and you uh, i saw you on the internet and you're amazing oh, okay i got it so so we're just reinforcing <laughs> we're just reinforcing today what that is yeah, the thanks response for, thanks for joining us well i was trying to jump in a few times and you were on a roll so i did i stopped <laughs> so i just kind of sat here and waited till i could ask questions <laughs> So, do you have any questions for me? Am I did I am, am I off at all on no. what a regular what to expect from a mailer response? So, you know you described it perfectly. The the main points that I have is don't obsess on it. You're going to have mad people. You're going to tr- you're going to have people that you don't reach the same number with. Um, but there's some big takeaways you've got to you've got to do is one, you have to have a live person answering the phone. Number two, you got as fast as possible. Try to get on the same page with them and and just what your goal is on this phone call. Once everybody's calmed down, if that's the situation, if they don't like your number or number one, do they want to sell? Okay, we got that out of the way. Number two, does my, does my price work? Nope. Okay, we got that out of the way. Number three, what price does work? Keeping in mind, this is me. I'm not an agent. There's no 6% commission like we talked about earlier on this show that's going to be flying out of this deal. There's no commissions, no funny thing like that. It's you and me making a deal, and I'm going to make it really fast. I've got Susie at ABC Title ready to go. I can have you paid out in 10 days because my other deals are going that fast. Really? Yep. So now knowing that, what's the number that makes sense to you? All right, Jill, I know you sent me an offer for, you know, $23,000 and whatever change. Make it twenty-five. That's what I want. I, I grew up in an environment. And I'm like, I can make that work, you know? I grew up in a, well, can you, I'll, I'll put it this way. Can you imagine if you send the mailer out, somebody calls real angry and mm-hmm. says, and then you met them with anger? Yeah, I know. How would that go? It would just never, you would, would never. never do a transaction in your entire Could life. Could you imagine? That would actually be so kind of funny. I grew up in an environment where <laughs> you, know, you have to meet these people from where they're coming. You're, you can't take them on and bang your chest. No. I grew up in that environment where there is this stance, and again, in Detroit, where, you know, the way you get any respect is to, is to really be the biggest a-hole there ever was, scream at people, mm-hmm. they scream back at you, and then you shake hands and have a beer. That's the culture that's, the, or at least the one that I grew up in. Do you know what? That, that is, has no place for what we do, none. And we, uh, there are people that are, are saying, these mailers, I'm not getting the response that I want. Well, you know, well, how are you responding to these sellers? You know, that's a lot of it. I'd like to talk on this for a minute. What you don't realize is you're selling yourself right now. I think that's what people miss. 
and you need to make them feel good. Whatever they love about that property and however they see it and why they want to hold on to it and why they want to get whatever out of it. They just need to feel something about it because there's some reason they have this property. But even if they inherited it, you know, dad had it for 30 years. I feel bad selling it. All right. I understand that. I'll make it really easy. And, you know, I, I can see that would be tough. But, yeah, you know, I, and it sounds like you could use the money now more than the property. I get that, too. You know, and you're so you're you're, you're you need to come at this with compassion for whatever the situation is. Sometimes they're going to tell you like that. And sometimes they won't. You don't know. They just got laid off and they don't want to tell you that. And they're desperate for cash right now. And they're embarrassed. But they need to get that done. Um, and you need to sell them on how great you are and how easy you're going to make this. You can't, this is one of the things I've seen people fail at in Land Academy. They come out like they're the authority. That's right. And they're telling them what's going to go it. down. This is how it's going to go, man. Yeah. And instead of being yep. compassionate and understanding and, you know, like Jack just said, medium from where they come, like you need to, whew, <laughs> if they're a sweet little old lady and they're, and which is, maybe they are, there's a lot of those that I've spoken to over there. I've spoken to everything, but you know, it's a sweet little old lady they don't need you pushing them around no. and saying all right be ready at three o'clock because Susie's gonna call you you can't do that you gotta go when's a good time oh Jeopardy's on at that time okay well I'll make sure we are when I call you and I'll tell my title person if they need anything from you the best time is between 10 and noon got it you know that's that's how you how you need to do this so that's a whole nother conversation I think today was about what to expect and what and and make sure you know that you're re, what you're getting back most most of the time is expected because you know why the perfect male response is is generally the same unless you drastically overprice your mailer anything else you're going to get the same response okay so let me tell you what that means um, when you when you hit the numbers right great half people are mad at you later on the good stuff will come we covered that you oh my gosh you came in a little too hot you went whoa I really offered low numbers the same people are still gonna be mad at you and later on you're gonna have some conversations and you're gonna fix that or maybe even get some home runs out of it because that happens too the only difference is if you way overprice the mailer, everybody's calling you back because they love you. You're like, mm -hmm. yes, I want to sell. Yes, I want to sell. Yes, I want to sell. All day long, you're like, oh, no. I just realized I, I accidentally, instead of, you know, 10000 I put 100000 on these offer. I, I added a zero where I, I didn't mean to, you know, kind of thing. You got to undo that. So that's the only time you're going to get a different response. So I just want you to know that. And you just need to... Um, you need to work these and your responses, your mailer response, everybody gets all hung up on the mailer yield. That mm -hmm. has to, if you're gonna really take a look at your mailer yield, you need to make it a 10 year project. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, and then in 10 years you won't care because- you're, you're making so much money. You'll be wondering, here's why. wondering where the highest CD rate is. Because my mailer yield in the first 90 days, oh, gets improves over the first six months. Oh, and then in a year, my mailer yield, like from that same mailer, if I'm gonna go back and keep looking at that mailer, I'm gonna get calls for years, you guys. That's how we tell you, save your, you know, you gotta own these phone numbers and own these addresses. You know, they, it's, it's years and sometimes decades that people will call you back and you can, so, thank you. I'm gonna leave you with this thought and then we'll move on to, uh, to another land acquisition. 
you are creating a real estate deal here where five minutes ago there wasn't one true it's one of those things you have to unlearn because we've always heard about well what do you mean you buy a piece of property for this and sell it for more yeah the reason that that's happening is because you and your dynamic personality and how you're talking to that person in that moment that responds to your mailer how they respond how you respond to them and whether or not you meet them from where they come you already know you price it right you already know that it's in a market there if you buy it anywhere near what you sent the offer out for you're going to do well so it just becomes about that moment with that person and yelling at them is you'll never get what you want or talking down to them if you've ever yelled at your spouse or your kids they don't stand around and say then do what you say they might in one second uh, but then they're going to turn around and you know flip you the bird the minute the door closes Mm -hmm. it's just it's just not how this works right so you really got to ask yourself i i I did this topic and i'm obviously pretty serious about it and and jill is too because if you have uh, an analytical brain like I do and you want the numbers to work on everything, you either need to adjust your attitude to doing what I just said and accomplishing that or finding somebody like Jill who's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Let's take a look at another one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. On Harris, uh, Collier County, North or Florida, back to Florida. Okay, this time we offered sixteen thousand seven fifty four. He wants forty. Peter says maybe I'll meet you at twenty five because I think I can sell it for fifty. One point one four acres. We have access. Um, need to drop it. There's lots of houses and buildings in the area. It's essentially right outside of Naples and back in Golden Gate Estates. So in that same little conundrum and that one looks worse. I have the exact same comments on this. You need to use the other two, those other two sites for this and that there are not, not a single example. This doesn't pass my adjacent test. Yeah. There's not a single example uh, anywhere here of, of this being used as it should be used. Not a single one. If you go east, it seems to be okay. Yeah, brokers in the hospital, by the way. It's wetlands, but the owner has a county report certifying it's buildable. Just looking on the map, it's obviously in a wet area. Maybe the lots are owned by the county. Is that a concern? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because then they took them back. Took them back for lack of tax payment. That's a yeah. deal killing issue, period. Yep. For, for you brand new people, if you don't pay your taxes on your land, eventually the county will take it back and they'll sell it in according to whatever statutes are laid out by them for the, uh, to them from the state. I would run away from this. Run away from this deal. Go ahead. Jill, you have something inspirational to share. You know, I did not come prepared today. (laughs) I've been a little busy. So I'm trying to think of something inspirational I'd like to share today. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna share this. I'm reading a new book. And um it's about it's called Grow. It's by the, I think it's called the Busby Company in Michigan. If you live anywhere in the Michigan area, you know about the coffee company I'm referring to. So he first wrote a book called Grind. And that was, uh, it's, there's two co-founders who started this coffee company. They're like the Starbucks in Michigan. So to give you guys, everybody else some, some point of reference here. So his first book was called Grind. I did not read, read Grind. I didn't see Grind, but um, I didn't even know about it. I was, and I happened to be in the Michigan coffee shop in Holland, Michigan uh, this summer. And the, is that how this all started? This is how this all started. On our trip? Yes. You were waiting for me in the hotel lobby 
Imagine the, that. Where we, where we, I was waiting for Joe. We were waiting for me, or I was getting a cup of coffee, and that's where we spent the night in Holland, Michigan, when we met Carl and Samantha. And this book's on the counter, and I, I looked at it, I put it down, I looked at it, I put it down, got my coffee, and I said, you know what? You know, you stuff, stuff just pulls on you. I'm like, I'm gonna buy this book. Well, it's really good. His first book, Grind, now that I know, was going from like zero to where they are today. Um, and or, or just being cash flowing, I should say. It was zero to cash flowing was the book grind. Well, the book Grow, which I'm reading now, is going from a cash flowing coffee company to having 300 stores, bringing in, I don't know, $125 million a month, I think are his numbers. It's like, again, it's two co-founders that, have, that remind me of us and they're hanging on to this. They want this to be a legacy company. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, at least so right all, now. It's all taped together and they just kind of. Totally. Just like us. Totally. <laughs> and it's called, and it's called, so so uh, grow is like going from chaos to calm. Mm-hmm. That's really it. And so my inspiration today is, I'm going to give you, I'm just giving you a little bit of the backstory. And over the next couple weeks slash months, as I read more about this and I ponder, I'm going to bring stuff to you to share about it because no matter where you are in your land business, whether you have a company of one or a company of five people or a company of 10 people or more, you know, this all applies to us. There's some nuggets there and there's things that we have to do, things you have to accept, things you have to learn. Right now, the whole first part of it, um, you can probably guess, is about how important the people are on your team. And maybe it's even just you and your partner, that's all you have. Maybe your team is you and your wife because she's your anchor, she's your support, because you're a team, or your husband. Whoever it is, I should say husband, because with Land Academy ladies, we have a lot of ladies out there retiring their husbands, so. Anyway, um, you know, they're a team. You're working on the land business and they're working on the family. They're working on making sure you have a, a sandwich while you're pulling data, whatever it is. So I'll keep sharing this. It's It's been, um, it's pulled me in right away. And and uh, so relationships is my first thing yeah. um, that you have to recognize. And I've come to learn, my, my little takeaway I hope for today is, there's things you can train and things you can't train. I can't train loyalty. I can't train honesty. Um, I can't train work ethic, but all the other things, how to log in, find something, do something, you know, all of that little technical stuff, I can train that. So think about that when you're um, growing your team. Um, And it took me a long time. Not gonna say my age right now, but over the (laughs) years, it took me a long time. I was doing it wrong. I was doing it wrong. I was hiring for talent, thinking, oh, I'll just fold them in. I was hiring for talent thinking um, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to come into the land Academy world and they're going to get on board with the way we all think we're, we're kind of a, we're kind of a happy eclectic family, if you will. And, and, um, so, and that was wrong. I needed to hire and, and that's what we're doing now, the right people and then teach them the rest. Yeah. If you come in with the right attitude and basic set of skills, you're going to do great. Right. Exactly. Jack, what do you have to share with us today? Something informational? Yeah, I'd like to talk about how you absolutely have to change your business model based on actual results. It's not on perceived results or what goes on or not 
just being hard headed about it and never changing your business model because that's all going to come up and bite you at the end, probably sooner than later. The way the world is now, the way the internet happens and how fast uh, applications develop and how bored people get with everything has really, really changed since, you know, from the time that I started in the 80s and 90s, uh, not just in land, but in everything. And now it's commonplace for Jill and I. We regularly, both in Land Academy and uh, in our regular land business based on the results that we're getting, we regularly change to meet what customers need. Mm -hmm. And so by that I mean, and it's a very positive thing, not a negative thing, because for a very long time I thought, this is it. We're gonna uh, buy and sell a piece of, buy a piece of land and sell it. And if you think about the first deals that we did together and the type of deals that we do now, mm. it's apples so and oranges, different. you wouldn't recognize it. And then I started thinking, <laughs> well, what did Land Academy look like in 2015? Yeah. It's like 20, the end of 2023 now, unrecognizable. The basic stuff's the same, mm -hmm. buy a piece of land and sell it for more. Our basic avatar type customer's the same, the same demographic, the same uh, interests, and you know where they are now and where they wanna go is basically the same. But how we go about it is entirely different. I mean, entirely different. The tools have, and the way data is, uh, and the products that we have to help people do things you know, without, bending over backwards is really 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 improved and mm -hmm. so and i grew up in an environment where you get a q1 rating from ford and you make a little part and that's it and all you do is uh, you hire a, a a boisterous salesperson to make sure that the person uh, in at ford motor company is happy what? and didn't mean not necessarily happy with the part but playing golf and uh, drinking martinis and, and whatever else is involved in all that. And so, boy, that couldn't be different than what it's like now. And lucky for us, we've got all these new tools to buy all this stuff e uh, more easily. Mm -hmm. So whatever comes up, it needs to be addressed based on base, uh, actual results. We're seeing now for the first time, and this is a truth time, that are certain areas that are experiencing uh, pretty serious competition rate from just getting too much mail. And I, I know exactly why that is. Mm -hmm. We talk about it all the time within Land Academy. Mm -hmm. And we're making those changes, expanding the types of products that we buy, expanding certainly how we look at data and how much data we need to analyze uh, a zip code or, or a county to greenlight it. And that'll change two months from now and it'll change two years from now. But there's a strain of certain people that can't handle that. They can't handle any change. And their attitude is not, let's look at this, let's look at the data and make some changes. Their attitude is, it's over. I'm too late to the party. Last month was great. This month sucked. We're, we're out of business. I'm going to go uh, do something else. It's too bad. Yep. That's why we're here. <laughs> and don't forget, you can reach us for questions and for help simply by sending a note to support at landacademy.com. Join us next Wednesday for another interesting episode. This is where you buy land cheap and sell it for more on the internet, usually a lot more. We're, We're Jack and Jill. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, you pause, I pause. Okay, ready to get this right. <laughs> Three, two, one. We, we are, are Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property.